that. All right, we've got a, some special guests with us today uh, from Empower One. Uh, David Kaya is down here on the front. Sitting next to him is Matt Jones. Sitting next to him is Chad Vandiver. And then in the back, I don't know where he went to this time. He's waving back there. And that is Mike Congrove. So uh, through your generous support uh, through the church, we are able to support several different ministries and missions uh, around the world. And Empower One is one of those that we have the privilege of partnering with and supporting. And Empower One is on the ground doing great work in Sudan, South Sudan, and Uganda. And David is the one that's on the ground there doing the work, and he's going to come speak to us. So David, be making your way up here. But I want you to know uh, Empower One is on a mission uh, to raise up and empower leaders uh, through discipleship, through training, so that they can lead churches that continue to grow in your part of the world. And so it's exciting to have David here today, and he's going to be sharing with us this morning. So would you welcome David right now? Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. You are the omniscient God, omnipotent God, omnipresent God, loving Father, caring, and our sustainer. God, we love you for who you are. And we thank you for Jesus Christ who came and died on the cross for our sins, that we should grow in him and know him and do much better in this life and the life to come. So, Father, speak to us through your word. Open our hearts and our minds that we may be able to hear how you loved us and how you care for us. Lord, we bless your holy name. Speak, speak to us today. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. I, I am Pastor David Kaya from uh, South Sudan and Sudan, Uganda. I live between the two borders and the two countries at all time. Some of you were not here, and if this is your first time, I want to introduce my family. God gave me uh, six children. And in America, people say, wow, that, those are many children. In Africa, we say, ah, you are a lazy guy. You have not made many children. <laughs> but I came to realize some of you people are wise why you have only two children, three children. When my children grow up to the age of going to college, now I know what it means. I started saying, I wish I could only get... How many? Only three or four. But we thank God that the children are here. And uh, the magic, I told you last year, the magic of how I got all the children, I aimed to get three children, but my wife was uh, a little bit of magic. And uh, we were looking for a boy. In Africa, we we'll value those kind of things. So the first girl was, the first child was a girl, the second one was a girl, the third one was a girl. I said, now we've got our children, it's enough. My wife said, no, we need to get a boy. So we started fishing. 
And we prayed, and we said, God, give us a boy. And uh, the fourth one, we got a girl. And we kept on praying, God, please, we need a boy. And uh, we ended up getting a boy. And I said, praise the Lord, we need to stop at five. And my wife said, no, this boy need a brother. <laughs> so we prayed and said, God, please, please give us a boy. And uh, God gave us someone who looks like a boy, but it's a girl. And we said, now you see, we have to stop here. It's enough. And we stopped there. I'm so grateful for your prayers and for the whole year. And I just want to say this one again, that as long as your church will keep on loving me, I will keep on coming back. And in Africa, we call it, that is a malaria visit. You, malaria keep on going, you treat it, and tomorrow it will come back, and you get infected again, you get treatment. And I got malaria over 150 times. So I'll keep on coming as long as the Lord loves me to be here, I'll be here. I'm so grateful. Thank you for coming, and thank you for being here for this service. Today, I'm speaking from the book of First John. If you may turn with me to the book of First John, chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. That's where I am going to, uh, to, to, to speak. And I'm going to speak on the spirit of the truth has overcome the world. That is my theme for today. The spirit of the truth has overcome the world. And I'm going to speak in African English, particularly where we call cuckoo English. And you may not get everything. Please get some of my friends here who knows my English well. They may interpret it for you. I speak seven dialects. And what I speak, I had to translate and look for words. Which one? Which is it? Kuku or Madi or even Kakwa or English? So pay attention and raise up your area and make sure you understand what I'm going to speak. May the Lord give you that Attention. In verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I want to speak about this and uh, the spirit of the truth. How do we understand the spirit of the truth and what calls us to understand the spirit of God. In Africa, we have families of witch doctors which are well known in our community. And the spirits of those who are called prophets in African setup, they can easily prophesy what comes forth. So in Africa, when we talk about you need to test the spirit it calls for the knowledge of God for you to know whether the spirit which you are believing in is the spirit of God or the spirit of the devil because all of them, both of them, works almost the same. If you don't have the right knowledge, you may not be able to identify which spirit works. In Africa, when we get people into worship and when people are worshiping and praying, in the spirit, led, led by the spirit, we see people being slain down by the spirit and by demon. People fall and people do all kinds of things. 
It happens. And many Americans come and say, how do you know that those are demons? Because we know that they are demons. They are true demons. So we need to judge whether the spirit, that is the spirit of God or that is the spirit of the evil one. And we need to test it. And the Bible says, Beloved, you who is in Christ, you who is born again, who have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he said, you need to test the spirit. You don't need to believe in every spirit. Test it. And how do you test it? Because they are, why do you test it? Because there are a lot of false prophets, false teachers, evil teachers have gone out into the world. They are teaching. They also have churches. But what are they teaching? Is it the spirit of the truth or they're teaching evil spirit? Or they're not teaching, they're teaching the things which are false. So because of this, we need to teach the truth, teach the knowledge of God. And I want you to turn with me to the book of, first, uh, to the book of Colossians, please, chapter 2. I'll make you to flip your Bible, and that is good for us. Colossians chapter 2, verse, verse 2, which says, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attain to all riches of the fullness assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. For us to be able to understand, for me to be able to understand what God has for me, for me to be able to know the true spirit of God, the Bible says that you, you are hard, may be encouraged. The church in Colossus, their church may be encouraged and, in, and say, being knit together in love and also to attain the all riches and the fullness assurance of understanding full assurance of understanding. That means you need to understand the whole Bible. You need to put the whole Bible into your head. One time when I was teaching the same verse, I say it's just like you opening up your brain and the whole Bible singing into you. Everything you do must be judged by the truth which is in the Bible. So that you may be able to understand and know is this one the spirit of God or this is a spirit, a false spirit which is talking to me? Is it God telling me what I desire or it is something that I need to stand against and say, no, this is not the truth? So the Bible says we should attain to that level of understanding, of the understanding of Christ and God. That means the mind of God. You have to take the whole mind of God and put it inside you so that you will be able to defeat the enemy. Because the devil is cunning. He's corrupt. He comes in. He ties closely to the truth, but not the truth. So we need to be very wise and take the knowledge of God and put it in us. In verse 3 it says, In whom, in Christ, or in God, are hidden all the treasures of the wisdom and understanding. If you attach yourself to Christ, 
if you abide in Christ, and if you remain in Christ, and if you remain in studying the word of God. I remember during the new year, we sat down with our church, and we did an overnight, and everybody stood up and said, I'm taking commitment before God. I'm going to study the word of God. I'm going to read the word of God every morning. I'm going to do it. Everybody started. Reaching June, less than 10 people are taking that commitment. They felt sought. So the Bible says, let us get the wisdom of God. Why are we studying the word of God? We are studying it so that we can get the wisdom of God and also the understanding of God and the knowledge of God in us for us to be able to fight the battle which God has put before us because the devil and the false teachers are here trying to teach us things which are not of the word of God. In verse 4, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with a persuasive word. People are persuaded to believe in things which are not from God. People are easily persuaded with the things which does not give glory to God. And people are easily taken out from understanding the truth of God. And they always love what they want to hear. And the book of Timothy says this, that they heap for themselves teachers. What their tickling ears want to hear, they love to take that for themselves. And the Bible says, no, let us get the true teaching and go for what the Bible says. In verse 5, you say, for though I am absent with you in the flesh, this church was not planted by him, but he is uncertain. He's trying to check it out. When yesterday we were sitting together with the pastor and we say, do you have a passage for me to preach? And he say, preach the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, no problem. You take anything there, I'm fine. I went like, oh God, what will I do? That's the way we do. If you don't know the congregation, we pastors, we go like, what should I preach? Do they understand what I say? What should I take? So sometimes people will struggle in the same way. That's why Paul says, for though I am absent with you, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So being found in him and being strong in him and acknowledging who Christ is, that is what is important for us, the church planters. We planted over 500 churches in South Sudan, Sudan and Uganda and Congo. And all these churches, some of them I didn't plant them myself. But what I'm looking at is, did, are they, have they attained the full knowledge of God? Are they fighting the things of the flesh? Are they fighting the knowledge of this world? What are they fighting? This is something that I always ask. But when I hear of the great news of what they do, I rejoice in my heart. And that is the same thing that Paul is also was going through, and today we are going through. In verse 6, it says, As you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, there are things for you to do. As you are a Christian, take this list with you. Put this list in your heart. Number one, walk in him. If you are in Christ, for you to be able to defeat the enemy, 
to be able to defeat the evil spirits and defeat other teaching, walk in him. Think in him. Acknowledge him in everything that you do in your life. Number two, he went ahead and says, you need to be rooted in him. The devil may fight you. He may try to do all kinds of things for you, not to, for you not to succeed, for you not to walk right. The Bible says walk in him, but not only walking in him, you need to be rooted in him. Not only rooted in him, he went ahead and said, you should also be built up in him. The purpose of build, being built up for you to be able to take all the situation that may come so that you may be capable of handling it. You need to be built up in him. And he went ahead again and said, in Christ, if you need to identify bad spirits, you need to be established in your faith. You need to be established in your faith. And he went ahead and said, as you were being thought, abound in it with thanksgiving. Abound in this knowledge. If you are walking in Christ, everything that you are doing, walking in Christ, you are rooted in him, you are built in him, you are established in faith, then you may be able to stand your ground as you fight for the Lord. And he went ahead and said, beware in verse, in verse 8. He said, be aware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy or empty deceits. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. If we are to walk in the knowledge of God, understand Christ, being established in him, being rooted in him, then you will not be deceived with the empty words. Because you know the word. You can test the truth. And if it is not truth, say no, that's not the truth. Because you know what you are believing in and what you are trusting in. Go back to the book of John, please. If you can turn back to the book of John. In verse 2, it says, you cannot, if you don't know the truth, you cannot test the truth. Unless you know the truth, you will be able to test the truth. And this is why we are in church planting. There are a lot of gods that we believe in in Africa. We believe in several gods, but it is this that we go through. This same passage, when I was leaving Ang Episcopal Church and moving and starting new churches, you know what happened? This same passage was preached that Sunday when I left the Episcopal Church. They said, the false teacher has already proven himself and has come out. And Pastor David is a false teacher. And he is the spirit that we thought that the Bible says is coming. Now it has come. It is here. So be aware of him. So all the Episcopal churches in our area went ahead and preached this gospel that the false teachers who were supposed to come and who were told that they are coming, now it has come. And it's me. They told that it is me. And I, was, I rejoice in the Lord because I knew whom I'm preaching. Everywhere I go, people fear sitting near me because I'm a false teacher, because I'm teaching this word. It doesn't mean any denomination you can point to another denomination and say, that is what they believe. That's what they believe. 
But anybody in any denomination can be a false teacher if you don't teach the truth as it is. You can be a false teacher. So I stood my ground and I said, let me suffer for it. So what happened? When we left that church, we came out and started a Bible study. One of the guys took, he was up with alcohol. He came and saw me. I was seated in a soap, very small soap in Moyo town. And this guy told me, you have failed our church and many of our members have left our church and they have moved to your church. Now you are the problem of our church. I told him, man, I'm not. I'm not. What is your concern about that and what is my concern about your church? It's your church. Take care of it. And he said, if you say something, I'm going to slap you. And I said, for sure, are you going to slap me? I, did, I realized he gave me a hot slap on my face. Why are you doing that? He said, if you say a word again, I'm going to slap you. And he slapped me for the second time. I told my friend Moses, Moses, please, take this guy away. I don't want to fight him physically. I'm too strong to, to fight him. I'll beat him up. Take him away. Moses just asked him to walk, to go away. He took the first step, the second step, the third step. He broke both of his legs, and he became of this height. Then everybody was shocked. God can fight for you. God can fight for you if you are in him. And everybody came and asked me, please, may you take this boy. I was the only one having a motorcycle in that village by then. They came and asked me if I can drop him to the hospital. I dropped him, paid his bill, and did everything so that he may be able to get healed. And he was healed. He came and apologized. The, elder, the elders of the community came and apologized to us and said, we are sorry for what happened. And they went around telling people, leave these guys alone. Don't fight them. If you fight them, you are fighting God. Don't fight them. If you touch them, you are fighting God. For what has happened has shown to us that these guys are teaching the truth. And our churches grew today. We are over 500 churches in South Sudan, Sudan, and the other sea, Congo, Uganda, and some other parts of Chad. All those churches grew while we stand in the truth by identifying the truth. So which spirit is leading you, and which spirit are you listening to? In verse 2, he says this, but this you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. That is how we testify and we know that Jesus Christ whom we believe in, Jesus Christ whom we trust in, Jesus Christ who loved us, he came in the flesh, the deity of Christ. That Jesus Christ came in the flesh and lived in the flesh, 100% God and 100% human in the flesh. That is the spirit of God. If that, if you confess it. For you to know that, it's not easy. You need to read the Bible. You need to understand who God is. And this is God who created the whole universe. He's the God who put everything together. He's the same God whom we believe in from creation. Everything has been created through him and by him. If you can turn with me to Colossians again, please. I know... 
Some of us would say, that those are too many verses. Verse 14, he says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. That is whom we need to believe in, whom we need to trust in. For he is, everything has existed because of him and everything has existed because of him. And how do we know the spirit of him who is not true? In verse 3, back to the book of John, chapter 4, verse 3, he says, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. It's the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. This was what was preached to me. <laughs> but the truth is, if a spirit does not confess Jesus Christ as your personal savior, even if that one does not confess that Christ has come in the flesh, that is not the spirit of God. It's not, that is not the spirit of God, it's the spirit of evil. And we know this, people who are called people who are possessed with the demons. We pray for demons. We, we pray and people get delivered. And you know what? Tell somebody who is possessed, say Jesus, they will not mention the name of Jesus. They will never mention the name of Jesus. And if the person mentions, that's when the person has been delivered. Because they know the power of the name of Jesus. Demons cannot confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And they don't want to hear that name because that is the name that overcome the world. So the Bible says here that the spirit of the Antichrist is here in the world. What are we believing in today in our churches? Are we standing on the truth? Most of our churches today, all over the world, have become lukewarm churches. We don't get that. People who are ready to die for the truth and speaking the truth, only the truth. Why? Because we have compromised the truth. On our pulpit, in our churches, we build the churches of compromises. We don't stand on the truth. I believe if some of our parents, great preachers, who preached this gospel some years ago, rise up and come out of their grave to come and see how churches today are getting compromised with the truth, they will curse what they have worked for. They will believe that we have compromised. Why are we compromising? Because we are now taking feelings versus the truth. Feelings are much more better than the truth. And this Bible, almost everybody whose name appears in this Bible, most of them died because of holding on the truth. The spirit of the devil is here. The spirit of the Antichrist is here. 
and he's trying to pick one truth, every truth out from the church so that we may not be able to stand on the truth. Let us study the word of God. Let us get grounded on the word of God. Let us have steadfastness in the word of God that we may be able to stand in the truth. Last one. You are of God, little children. John called us parents, little children in, in this verse. That you are of God. You are of God. And I am of God. We are of God, little children. And have overcome them. When he talk about overcoming them, we have overcome the spirit which is here in the world because we are grounded in the truth. We are walking in the truth. We are rooted in the truth. We are established in the truth. We are built up in the truth. We have overcome because we know God. All the treasures of God which are here in the Bible are in us. So because of this, the Bible says, we have overcome the world. You cannot overcome the world because of yourself. You can overcome the world only through Christ who saved you and who is in you. By ourselves, we cannot overcome the world. Let me teach you about demonology a little bit. In Africa, a little boy of this size, when he is possessed with the demons, you, 10 people cannot carry him up. And you feel like, where, where did this energy come from? It's the power of the world. And this verse in Africa, he who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. We use it so, so much when we are countering and countering such kind of situation. We don't fear. You cannot fear demons. They prophesy. They do all kinds of things. They can even tell you you are sin on your head. But all this, we have to hold on. Because the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. That the church of God must have to stand strong because the one who is in us is greater than Satan. Satan cannot overcome Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ said, it is a finish. He overcame the devil. He defeated him once and for all. And he said, we as the church, we should not compromise. We should stand. Why? Because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. The devil cannot defeat us. We are citizens of heaven, and our citizenship, Satan cannot take it away from us because we are in him. Verse 5. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, and the world hears him. The world speaks louder. The constitutions of our countries are affecting our existence as Christian is weakening the position of our stand. Which Christians we need to stand. The world is coming into our church. We need to push the world out of our church because the devil always uses the law to fight against the truth of the Bible. We need to preach the Bible without fear whatsoever happened. I want just to say this. If I could have decided to say, people are all against me, I don't need to continue with the church planting, don't continue with the truth, then I could have not built the church of hope in Sudan and in Uganda, DRC, Congo, and in all these places. What happened? 
as I said a few days ago, in February 2nd, our community, uh, we were attacked by some gunmen. They sought 30 people in our community. And one of the upstanding stories among all the dead who were massacred was one woman called Asu. When Asu heard people, guns were going around and people were running everywhere, picked her child and tied the child, two years old child, and tied that child on her back. And after tying that child on her back, she started running. When she got out of the house, the killer was just at the door. Blew out that woman, the bullet went through the mouth, blew her brain off. The child was, the whole body of the child was filled with blood. And the woman fell behind because of the power of the bullet, she fell behind and fell on the child. But the killer had the mercy, came and untied the child, and after untying the child, picked up the child and let the child sat near the mother. What broke many people's heart was the child sat near her dead mother without knowing that this child, the mother was dead. Sat there from morning up to evening, the whole night. The guys of Red Cross went and picked. We went and got the child in the next morning at around 10 a.m. Filled with blood, the whole body's blood, and we picked the mother, brought the mother to the stadium for burial. And I picked this child and said, let this child be taken to our church and let us give this child a hope. Let us give the families, family of us hope. We picked three children and all these children, three children, we took these children to our community. And I want to say this, when the governor of our, of our state came up because of what God has done, he gave me a salute. That salute was not mine, but the salute belonged to God. And even the army commander came and did the same, gave salute for the good thing that we did. We housed these children, we took care of them, we took care of people. Many people decided, decided to run during that day, they ran. They didn't want to run to the police station, they didn't want to run to the government offices, they decided to run to our church. Over three, thousand people were housed on our compound. United Nations took our compound as a feeding center and we even provided food. We treated the sick, the wounded, and all that. But at first we were called that we were cult. The same community called us and called me to be a cult. But today we have become a center of hope among our people because we persisted in doing the truth and telling the truth. Today, the whole community called us a growing church. Why are they calling us a growing church? Because we stood on the truth and we held on, on the, the truth and said we will not leave until when we are done. So because of this, the world will speak of what it knows. We Christians, we need to speak of what the Bible says. Regardless of the pain, we need to pay the price. Jesus Christ paid the price we also need to pay the price. We paid the price until today. We have become a center of hope and center of restoration to our community. Why? It's because God loved us and God wants us to be in him and trust him in everything.
I'm just looking at that guy there. In Africa, we don't have clocks that look at us. We preach for two hours, but in America, I had people don't take that one serious, they will leave. So before you leave, let me leave first. <laughs> Finally, in verse 6, it says, You are of God. He who knows, God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. But this we know, the spirit of the truth and the spirit of error. If you know the spirit of the truth, you will particularly know the spirit of error. If you plant wild tree, it will yield wild tree. If you plant good fruit, that tree will yield good fruit. And what we believe in, the spirit of the truth will definitely overcome the spirit of the world and it will yield good fruit and the community will celebrate it. And 100% I believe that today, many places where we have planned churches, where you people have helped us with the resources and gave us money to be able to build some of those churches which have become centers of hope in our community, I 100% believe that what you have contributed to help us as a church has not gone in vain. And I'm here to account that everything that you have given to us, we have served God with it and we have used it for the glory of God. What we are doing we are looking for true worshipers in this world where the devil has come in. We are looking for true worshipers. And the Bible says we need to get worshipers who are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. May the Lord take care of us and as we worship him in spirit and truth, let us pray. Dear Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We know that God, you are a caring father. You are the one who loved us first. God, thank you. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed, Lord. Help us to finish this race strong. And may the glory go back unto your name. All our spiritual war against the world, we leave it into your hand. Fight it, Lord, so that all will be done for you. May your name be praised. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We meet next year according to God's will. Thank you.